Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Morning again, everybody. Many churches around the world celebrate today as World Mission Sunday. And as we heard in our Old uh, Testament reading, God heralded this great <clears throat> mission through the prophet Isaiah, and, and Isaiah and God really want to get us fired up. Here's what Isaiah had to say, speaking the Lord's words to him. I will make you as a light for the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Kings shall see, princes shall bow down, because I, the Lord, have chosen who? You, to share the good news of my love. These words are, you know, really uh, inspiring, um, amazing. God has created, chosen, and called each and every one of us to be his personal ambassadors, to share the love of Christ, to literally save people's spiritual lives with the love of Jesus. But uh, <clears throat> I tend to overthink this. Um, when I did think about it, um, I realized I have enough trouble just making it through the HEB parking lot, much less uh, transforming people's lives. I learned yesterday, do not go to HEB on Saturday afternoon. It's quite a battle out there uh, in life. Um, like me, you may not be as young and capable as you used to be or full of energy. You've fought the good fights and it's time to relax a little bit. Or talking pointedly with someone about Jesus and praying with them to accept him as Lord and Savior, you know, that may not be your thing. You may have different ways of sharing Christ's love. Or perhaps the people you hang around with, if, if you think about it here in good old West Texas, are already sort of largely uh, Christian folks, sort of, we think. Or they're not. Strangely, uh, those two situations uh, may demotivate us from getting too pointed about Jesus. question is, how can each of us be an ambassador for Christ, even and especially in the parking lot at HEB. Maybe the question is not so much how as it is why. And God is so good because He brings us back to our own blessing our own sense of fulfillment, our own peace as the motivator and the wellspring to share God's love with others. We heard in our reading from Isaiah what you might call the three R's of mission, the three R's of sharing Christ's love. Remember, 
Redeemer, and rely. Remember, Redeemer, and rely. First, why should we share Christ's love? Remember, Isaiah wrote about how God created you. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. He said to me, he said to you, you are my servant Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Israel right there just is a name for God's people, for the called people, you and me. God and Isaiah are reminding us of something that we need to be reminded of. How incredible, how beloved, how capable we are because God created us and loves us. If we might, close your eyes for a moment and let the peace filled and relieving words of Psalm 139 wash over you. You formed my inward heart and my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. So I praise you. My frame was not hidden from you when you made me in secret, intricately woven, every hair on my head. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written every one of the days you formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. What a sense of relief and peace those words bring us, right? In today's world, in our troubled hearts, in the HEB parking lot. Remember, the first R, God created you from your beginning in your mother's womb but also before time began, said Isaiah, in the very heart and mind of God, you existed. What did Isaiah say again? In your book were written every one of my days when there were yet none of them. In other words, you existed in God's heart and mind before time began. Remember, as a result, your character, your personality, your skills, your abilities, your hope are all somehow founded in what's called imago dei, in the image of God. Somewhere in there, somewhere in our hearts, our souls, our deepest beings, is this image of God creation. And what has happened 
in your life and what is happening and what will happen are all known and have been known in the heart and mind of God since the beginning of time. So we gain inspiration, we gain relief, we gain peace, remembering this wonderful, incredible fact of how God created us. And we also think of our Redeemer in the words of Isaiah. Remember how were we created so capably, so wonderfully, so miraculously, and we remember our Redeemer. When Isaiah said God would make you a light for the nations, he concluded in, in a very interesting way. He said, thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One. Hmm. Because we spend a lot of time navigating the HEB parking lot of life, it turns out we need a Redeemer to restore us, to reconcile us to God and to each other, with God and with each other, because sin tarnishes that imago dei, right? It tarnishes that imago dei, and we can't fix it or recreate it on our own. We just can't. Not only because Scripture and God and Jesus tell us that, but because we know that when we get down beneath our capability, our self-reliance, our earning power, our great prodigious thinking, we know we can't fix and recreate and restore a pure, full imago dei without God's help. That's why, as Isaiah said, our God is a redeeming God. His very identity includes and is tied up in redemption. God knows what we are capable of and what we are not capable of. The only solution, and thank God for it, and this is the good relieving news of reality, the only solution was to do the redeeming himself through the love, the life, and the sacrifice of Jesus. The bottom line of Christianity, of living life, of being an ambassador for Christ, is not summed up in shoulds and woulds and rules and what we're supposed to be doing. It's summed up in two lines of Scripture, perhaps, that, that we don't have anything to do with. It's all God doing it for us because we cannot do it ourselves. John 3.16 and Romans 8.1. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that all who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
which means, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The spirit of life has set you free. Wow. Some of us have some baggage we carry along from the past. But God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to take care of that. And we are set free from it. Sometimes it takes some of us a little time to catch up with that. You know, a few days or 30 or 40 years, as the case may be. And it's an interesting uh, phrase Isaiah uses, the spirit of life has set you free. Hmm. To share the love of Christ, we <clears throat> look back remembering this wonderful creation and transformation and capability God has given us. We're grateful for it. We remember the Redeemer, that second R that's at the very heart of God and inspires us and changes us and enables us to live when we can't do it ourselves. And we rely, that third R, on this spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, that sense that you get when a scripture jumps out at you. You know, sometimes you read the Bible and it's like, wow, uh, this wasn't in here last time I read it. That still, small voice during quiet time, whatever it may be for you when God speaks and you know in your bone of bones that he is speaking to you. Our reading from Acts says it very clearly. Luke wrote the book of Acts as a factual history, right? It recounts the beginning of mission, the beginning of sharing Christ, the beginning of the church collectively, everybody working together and coming back and forth for, for good teaching and inspiration and potluck suppers and that kind of thing. And the beginning of that mission personally as individuals. In the first few verses, as we heard read, Luke records this third R, rely on the Spirit. He quoted what Jesus said. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the H-E-B parking lot and to the ends of the earth. Okay, this is good, right? Don't know about you, but I've got to keep this relying on the Spirit thing really simple because there's lots written about the Holy Spirit. There are lots of denominations and churches that say all kinds of things about gifts and fruits and whether you have it and do you need to speak in tongues. <clears throat> uh, I, I put all that aside. 1 John 4.13. 1 John 4.13 essentially says that... Um, if we are on a spiritual journey with Christ, if we are seeking Him, trusting Him, trying to trust Him, we have the Holy Spirit. So I don't question it. What about this? What about not questioning it? 
What about just asking Jesus to guide you, to show you, to prompt you about when and how to share your faith, whether it is subtly or explicitly or pointedly or gently? Now, if you're a little thick-headed and uh, sinful like me, there may be another thing to ask for to help you hear his prompting. That still, small, gentle, maybe really subtle, really quiet voice that says, hey, call so-and-so. Or have a cup of coffee with so-and-so. Or when you're having lunch to ask that deeper question about family and life and love and heart. Asking Jesus to help you hear the prompting and asking Jesus to help you follow through on it. Because sometimes, don't know about you, that that still small voice can be so still and small And I've got so much going on that I'm just zooming off. Hear that prompting and follow it. And of course, Jesus himself has given us a great example, the ultimate example of how to sort of prime the pump, lubricate the gears, get our brains and hearts in the right place to hear and follow that prompting. We heard it in our gospel reading. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. Is my attitude full of compassion for those I encounter? Just that attitude is another way to rely on the Spirit, perhaps. World Mission Sunday. It's not about shoulds and oughts. It's about this incredible return to our own inspiration, our own love, which motivates us to share it with others. Who wouldn't want that peace that we have found in Christ? Remembering how wonderfully God has made you and equipped you and called you, trusting in your Redeemer, that second R of Jesus, the very nature of God, doing for others what they could not do for themselves, and relying on the Holy Spirit, asking Jesus to guide you, prompt you, hear the prompting, and follow through on it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as Sarah Young wrote this week in her devotional, Jesus Listening. Lord, as the love between us grows stronger, so does my desire to help others enjoy the blessings I have in you. I long for your love to flow freely through me into the lives of others. Please lead and teach me how to show your love.
to others. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.